Hi, welcome to the shallow dive on the Dafyomi. I hope you enjoy. Let's begin. Three lines from the bottom of Haman Beis. So Rabbi Barbachano, Aisigit, I brought a get. Palga Ichtokame, half was written in front of him. Palga Lurtokame, half of it was not written in front of him. Also, the Kame de Rabbi Elazar. So it came before Rabbi Elazar. He said, All that is necessary is one line, even if only one line was written, Lishma, meaning written specifically to be a bill of divorce for this woman. There's no need for any further verification. Again, it has to be written for this woman. But in this case, half was written before him, half not. And the context was clear, it was for this woman. Good enough, even just one line. Ravashi Omar, top of Vav Manalef, Afilu kan klumasa, vikan megilta. Not only if one line is written, Lishmoth, that is before him, he can view it as substantial enough to rely on it, that it was done properly. But even if you heard, just heard, the sound of the quill or of the parchment in the process of it being written, lishma, for her sake, that this is a bill of divorce for this particular woman, that would be adequate. Rashi. Afilo shama kan klumas of a kan megilto, tikuna klumas ve'aklaf shama. Hearing the preparation of the quill or of the parchment, when it was done and prepared for the writing of a get for this woman. When they cut it to size and smooth it out. So Rashi says, the first interpretation, which is a bit more lenient, even if he just hears the preparation of the quill or of the smoothing out, the cutting down to size of the parchment for the sake of writing a get lishma for this particular woman, that's adequate. But he thinks a little more is necessary that the what is being heard is the sound of the quill as it is writing or the sound of the the parchment. And the sound that it makes is kan-kan. So it's, that, that's why it says kan kolmosa. And some have a different girsa, kal kolmosa lashen kol, that is the sound of the quill. But according to Rashi, the second mahalach, so it's necessary not just to hear the preparation of the quill and the parchment, but also the actual writing of the get in a context where it's done lishma for this particular woman. Tanya Kavasi Ravashi. We have a Braisa supporting Ravashi. Ravashi says even this smaller amount, not only didn't he see, witness the entire writing of the get lishma, not even one line, but just the Kan Kulmusa, Kan that's enough. 
the sound of the quill or the parchment being prepared or actually written on or written, or use it as a writing implement for the get. What's the raya? We have a brisa. Hamevi get memdinas hayom. If someone brings a bill of divorce from a foreign country across the ocean, afiluhu bebais the sofa balia. Even if he is in the house and the sofa, the scribe is in the second story, hu balia the sofa bebais, or the converse, if he is in the second story and the scribe is in the house, the main first story, afilu nechnas liyotze koleim kulo. Caution. Even if he is entering and leaving all day, still it is kosher. Who babais the sofa balia? Ha loka chalile. If he's in the house and the sofa is in the scribe, he is not witnessing the writing of the get. Elalav kigon de shoma kan kan Rather, is it not a support for what Ravashi said? That although he's in a different story, and he's not witnessing what's happening, but he hears the scribe writing. That is adequate. So it's a raya for Avashi. Oh my ma, I feel the The master taught that even if he's entering and leaving all day, back and forth, still it's kosher. They're examining this part of the brisa. Man, who is the one who's coming and going? If you say it's referring to the messenger, We already established that if he's in the house and the scribe is in the second story and he doesn't see what's going on, we still said it's kosher, that the get is adequate, as long as he heard. As Ashi said, the writing, the sound of the quill. So is it necessary to follow that up with a, a teaching that if he's entering and, and leaving, that it's still kosher? Ella sofer. Rather, it must be referring to the scribe. He's coming and going. Shita. Still, it should be obvious. Should we say that because the scribe is coming and going, that the get is suddenly not a kosher get, not a valid bill of divorce? What's the Havamina? Why would we think that? It is necessary. It's not that he's going out to the garden. He's going to the marketplace. So he's going to the Shuk, the marketplace, and coming back. What would I have thought to say? I would have thought that we should be concerned that once he goes to the marketplace, so... People are going to accost this scribe and say, Oh, can you please write a get for my wife? Good to see you. Can you do help me out? Write a get for my wife. And when he comes back, maybe he's going to start writing for this other fellow. And therefore, Kamash Mon, the bride who comes to teach you, we're not worried about that. Even though he's going out into the marketplace and people might accost him and ask him to work for them, he is not going to abandon the first get if it's not completed. And you're not, we're not choshesh, there's a concern of lishma, of the get not being written for this woman being divorced. Itma. 
Bavel, Rav Amar Kertisra, Legitin. It was said over that Bavel, Babylonia, Rav said it has the law of a get given in the land of Israel. Vishmul Amar Kechutzlaretz. Shmuel disagreed. He says Bavel is like other places in the diaspora. Lema Baha Kamiflugi suggests that this is what they're arguing about. What is the difference between the land of Israel and people in Chutzlaretz, or Babylonia is the point of contention? Suggest that they are arguing about the concern of a, an inadequate knowledge of the requirements for writing Gitin. Obviously, very important. Somebody's giving a bill of divorce, it has to be a kosher get. If there's a lack of full knowledge of what constitutes a kosher get, there's going to be a big problem. And if there's a lack of knowledge that it needs to be written, lishma, the get, the bill of divorce must be written for this woman, so that would invalidate the get. So, one opinion holds, even though in Chutzlaretz, in general, there's a concern that there's a lack of proper scholarship, fluency within Jewish law. But in Babylonia, that is less of a concern. And it's like the land of Israel. It's a mokum tarot. And, in fact, the Me'iri brings an Anaxuas that the restriction of leaving Babylonia described that one, if one is living in Babylonia, they should await the redemption as opposed to leaving. It would be brought back from Babylonia. And Mary says that's describing Emakam Torah. Babylonia is a quintessential place of Torah scholarship. But really, the advantage of living in the land of Israel, secondarily living in Babylonia, the, the idea is that there's a, a priority placed on living within a Malcolm Torah, in a, in a place that has a strong Torah community, strong, strong Torah scholarship. So that's what we're suggesting over here. That the reason that there's a, an added requirement of the Faninechtam, Faninechtam, that the, the uh, messenger of the get, of the bill of divorce, say, that before me, this bill of divorce was written, Lashma, and signed, uh, the witnesses were Mekayim Lashtar, is because the concern that outside the land of Israel, maybe they don't know that that's necessary, that it be written Lashma. But in the land of Israel, it's not a concern, and in Babylonia, it's not a concern. Umar Savar, the Fisha, in Edim, it's Suin Lakamel.
and Shmuel says that Babylonia is like Chosaretz, he holds that there are not witnesses readily available to verify this bill of divorce. So therefore, it has the same status as other areas in the diaspora, Babylonia. So Babylonia is like other places in the diaspora because of that. And in Babylonia, we have a similar concern. They don't argue about the level of scholarship. They agree Babylonia is top-notch. Yeshivas in Babylonia. But if the concern is in the diaspora, there's a degree of isolation. So there's a concern. We'll not have adequate witnesses to verify this bill of divorce. So that's a concern. And Babylonia is treated like the rest of the diaspora. Vitizbra. Ha, Rabba, Isleda, Rabba. Well, let's evaluate this. Rabba concurs with Rabba. Rashi says, Nehimami, the Gemiri, granted that there's greater scholarship, since it's from country to country, there is nonetheless a need for Kiyom. There's a need to verify and validate this bill of divorce. So therefore, this cannot be the point of contention. Rather, according to everybody, there's a need for Kiyom. Rav Sovar, given to Ika Misifta, Rav holds, the one who says that Ertisrael and Bavel are on the same tier, less required. So why is that? Because you have yeshivas in Babylonia, so there's no concern about being Mekayim the, the get, be able to validate it and verify it. Vishmul Savashmul says that Babylonia is not like the land of Israel, but rather like the rest of the diaspora. Misifto, Bigir Society, Shmuel holds that the people learning yeshiva are quite busy with their learning, and therefore, they're not available to assist in a meaningful way with validating these ishtaros, the, the bill of divorce. Rashi, Mesifta, Yeshivas Kavuas, there were fixed houses of study, Achas Besurva, Achas one in Surah and one in Naradah, Vahochin Talmidim, Mizuzu, Umishari Aslan, Lilmatara. There is plenty of traveling between these two major centers. Those people are going, and as well from other cities, to learn Torah. It's not that they're callous. Certainly, they'd like to help. But they just don't recognize the signatures because they're so busy learning. So yes, they are traveling, so they're available in theory, but they're just not helpful because they don't know if this signature matches the husband, for example. Is this really correct? This witness, this witness, is it his signature? They don't know. They, don't, they can't validate because they don't know they're too busy learning. Itma, Nami. 
You understand as well. Amar Rav Abba, Amar Rav Huna. Asenotzmeno bebavel keretz Yisrael. Rav Abba, in the name of Rav Huna, said, "We have made ourselves in Babylonia like in the land of Israel, legitim, for the purposes of those of divorce." Michiasa Rav lebavel. From when Rav came to Babylonia, Rav came from the land of Israel to Babylonia, and Babylonia became like the land of Israel. Mesav Rabbi Yirmiyah. Rabbi Yirmiyah asked a cash on this. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Mirekam Mizrach, the Rekam Kimizrach. We have a description of the land of Israel in the context of Kitin. So Rabbi Yehuda says, from Rekam to the east, and Rekam is included as the east. Me'ashkelon Ladarm, from Ashkelon to the south. Bashkelon Kidarm, Ashkelon is like the south. Me'ako of Ako Kitzafim, from Ako in the north, and Ako is like the north. And Babylonia is to the north of the land of Israel, further than Ako. We have a proof from the verse. Vayomer Adonai Eloi, Mitzafon Tiposa Chara, Akol Yoshvei Aretz, Yermio. From the north will open up the evil referring to the coming of the Babylonians to affect the exile, destruction. It's called from the north. And we have a Mishnah that Rabbi Meir says, Akko is like the land of Israel for the purposes of Gitin. So there's the Machlokas. Is Akko like further north or is it included in the land of Israel? For the purposes of Gitin. But even Rabbi Meir only said Akko, the it's close by to the land of Israel. Avabavel, the Merachavalo, but Bava, which is distant, that even Rabbi Meir didn't say. Rabbi Yermia asked the question, and then he answered it himself. He said, This Mishnah is, is describing the borders of Israel proper and what's close to Israel. It's just not entirely, it's, to, it's avoiding the discussion of Baba, whether Baba is like Israel or not. It's not the subject of this teaching, so therefore, no raya that Baba is excluded. It's just not the subject of discussion. We're talking about the borders of Israel. Rashi. Mechi also Rav from when Rav came to Baba, Mars said that they started treating Babylonia like Israel. The Kavi Yeshiva Besura and he established a Yeshiva in Sura. But Shmuel had him in Adah. Shmuel's Yeshiva was in Adah, as he saw in the earlier Rashi, the two major centers. Avol Meikara Lo. Originally, that wasn't the case. Avagav Gemiri. The Mishigali Echonil Bavel. Mecheresh Vamaskir Imo. Lo Paskat Herman. Even though. They still they had Torah from the time of the the exile already the early exile to Babylonia, but nonetheless there was a fundamental shift when Rav came to Babylonia and opened up a new yeshiva. This is a, a tremendous shift that increased the flow of of transit. You have these two Torah centers. And now it was 
considered like the land of Israel. From Rechem to the east. That's considered a foreign country, foreign land, to the east of the land of Israel. Rechem itself is like the east. It's not considered like Israel. From Akko to the north, Shel Olam, north of the world. And Babylonia is further north. Rabbi said, this whole discussion is excluding Babylonia that has a reason to treat it like the land of Israel, to be more lenient. Continuing the Gemara. Where is Bavel? We finished talking about where Eretz Yisrael is. What about where is Bavel? What are the borders? Amra Papa, Kemachlokas Pliyuchsin, Kach Machlokas Legitin. There's a machlokas considered yuchsin, pedigree. Rashi says, Pek Asar Yuchsin, the Kamlan, Kola Ratzos, Isal Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Isal Abavel. In terms of pedigree, there are three tiers. All the lands outside the land of Israel are considered of inferior pedigree to those in the land of Israel. But Israel itself is inferior to Babylonia. So you have these three tiers of yuchsin, of pedigree, purity of one's lineage. The land of Israel is in the middle. Babylonia is the greatest. But where is Babylonia? Where is Israel? And where is everywhere else? So, Rav Papa said it's the same set of boundaries. There's a debate by Yuchsin, there's also a debate by Gitin. Rav Yosef Amar, Machlokas Yuchsin, Rav Yosef disagrees about whether there's a disagreement. He says, they disagree about Yuchsin, the borders of Israel, Babylonia, and other areas of Chutzlaretz. For Gitin, there's no debate, according to Rav Yosef. And everyone agrees that the border of Babylonia is until the second boat of the bridge, meaning a floating bridge. Now, there are various floating bridges along the Euphrates. So the second one is the border for Babylonia. Rav Chista Masrich Maktisbon Lebei Ardashir Rav Chista required from the city Aktisbon to Ardashir Lebei Ardashir Aktisbon and from the Ardashir to Aktisbon Lo Masrich he did not require a double standard. Suggest that this is based on a fundamental gap in their scholarship. And he only required it where they were suspect of not knowing that the get has to be written for her sake. It's his bro. But let's evaluate. Does that really make sense? 
As we said earlier, Rabba agrees with Rava. Rashi. There's a need for Kiyom, since it's from one country to another. There's a need for Kiyom, independent of scholarship. You don't have enough people to be Makayim to verify this yet. So then, it's not an issue of scholarship. You also have the practical need for people to be Makayim to get. Rather, everyone agrees there's a need for Kiyom. So, what's the difference? Why is there a double standard? From Medina to Medina. Since Hani, Rashi says, the people in Be'ardashir, they go over there, to this other city, they give over their testimonies, they sign their names, in documents, these bills, these documents, contracts, they're maintained in the hands of the people in Aktisvon until it's retired, until this document is no longer relevant. So they're holding on to plenty of documents with signatures. Therefore, the people living in Aktisvon recognize the signatures of the people who live in Ardashir. Therefore, a bill of divorce that was signed in Ardashir and was sent to Aktisvon. There are people locally in Aktisvon who are readily available to validate this star, this bill of divorce. And even the people living in Ardashir, when they go there to the marketplace, they can also validate this get. But the other way, you don't have people readily available to recognize and validate the shtaros, the, the documents. People in Ardashir don't recognize the signatures of the people from Aktisbon. Even though, obviously, these people are going there for business, so they, why is it only one direction? Whenever they go for the market days, they're busy with the market. They're busy with buying and selling. They don't pay attention to recognize the signatures of the people that are locals. So although they're there, they sign things and leave them there, so the locals know their signatures, but they don't pick up a recognition of the signatures of the locals. So therefore you do have this double standard. They go to the Shuk. As Rashi said, there's a knowledge cultivated by their holding on to these documents. But these concerning those people don't have a knowledge of their signatures. The locals, although they're taking the documents and looking at signatures of people, but they're not giving over their own documents. The people are there, but they're there for the market, and they're not looking at the local signatures. So you have a, a difference of 
what to be expected, and there's a risk that you won't be able to find people to validate the star in one direction. So that's that's why you have this double standard. My time, what's the reason? Since they're so busy with a market day, so they don't have time to get to know people's signatures. Rabba Baravua required the Shliach to say for validation of this bill of divorce to say before it was written, before it was sealed. From the bank of houses on one side of the public thoroughfare to the other side. From one side to the other, then he required already this concern that you're not going to have readily available witnesses to validate the shtat. Rav required from one neighborhood to another. Rashi says, This is quite small, three houses. It's called a neighborhood. So already if it's a different neighborhood, a very small area away, then he required that there be extra precautions taken to say to ensure that they get as good in a way that does not require validation when we might not find witnesses to do so. Rava even required within the same shkuna, within these three little houses, he said, you have to say, have the shliach say, but Rava himself is the one who says, because there aren't witnesses there to establish and verify this get. So in the same shkuna, within three houses, what's going on? Why is he requiring it? Shiny b'nei machuza denaydi. It was specific to his locale, B'nai Machuza, where he lived. There's a lot of turnover. People came and went. And therefore, even though it's one neighborhood, you might still have a hard time finding somebody who recognizes these signatures. And therefore, in Machuza, even Rava was stringent and required to avoid the problem that who is going to be available to validate this bill of divorce. Rashi says, the they move around. They don't stay at home. They're busy with their import-export businesses. They don't recognize the signatures in their own midst. Lots of turnover and transit. So, even in one shchuna, if it's that type of shchuna, Rava says, it's necessary. There's a chashash, there's a concern. There are no witnesses there to validate. Tosus. Bottom Tosus. Shani ibn Mechuza denaydi. Mikan posik Rabbeinu Tam. From here, Rabbeinu Tam rendered a ruling. The hashab is not saying nowadays. Sarach lomar It is always necessary to declare that the Messenger of the Bill of Divorce declared that it was written before him. Even though we rule like Rava, that the reason for the stringency is because we may not have witnesses 
available to verify this bill of divorce. And not because of a concern of inadequate scholarship, that they don't know how to write a get, so you want to make sure it was done properly. Nonetheless, it's necessary to hash Nowadays, in our societies worldwide, there's a lot of coming and going, transit, and who says you're going to be able to find, even if the get is given locally, it's not a, a big distance between one place and the other, who says you're going to find somebody who recognizes signatures, and therefore, Rabbeinu Tam says, we all are like B'nai Mechuzah, and it's universally required to have the, the one giving the get to say, it was written before me. In spite of the fact that the concern is not scholarship, but finding witnesses, but there's always a risk. You might not find the witnesses due to the widespread movement, like B'nai Mechuzah, you might not find somebody available to be Mechayim this get. Rav Chanin Mishtoi Rav Kana Aisi Gita Velo Yadana Imisunada O Minadal Sura So Rav Chana was by Rav Kana and he brought with him a get. He said, I don't know which direction it's coming from, from Sura Tanada O Minadal Sura. As we saw in Rashi's, these are the two major centers. There's plenty of back and forth one to the other. Where is this coming from and going to? He says, I don't know. Also, come to Rav. This question came before Rav. He said, it is necessary to say, before me, this was written, before me it was sealed, signed. Or is it not necessary? Do you need to do it or not? He said, it's not necessary. Meaning, this is in line, this story is in line with what we said before, that from when Rav, this question came before Rav, from when Rav came from Israel to Babylonia, they treated Babylonia like Israel, to not require it. So he says, it's not necessary. Top of Vav Mebez. Vi Avadit, Ahanis. But, if the one, the messengers giving this bill of divorce, did actually go through and say, it helps. And it's not necessary, but it's a good idea. In what way did Rav say, if it was done, it helps? It helps that if the husband comes and claims that this is a forgery, a fraud, trying to divorce his wife, and he didn't really send this get, we will ignore him. If the messenger validated the star, said, then we will not be concerned with the error of the Baal, the claim that this is a fraudulent get. Kedetanya, as was taught in Abraisa, there's a story that a man brought a bill of divorce before Rabbi Yishmael. He said, Is it required of me to say that it was written and sealed, signed before me? Oh, any sarach. Or is it not necessary? I don't have to do that. Rabbi Shmuel said, My son, where are you from? He said, My master, I am from the village of Sisai. Ani.
I'm from. Amar lo, tzarech atolam fanechta fanechta. So he said to him, you need to do it. Shalot tizakik leidim. In order that, we shouldn't be stuck without being able to find witnesses who can validate the signatures. Vahach ha-shiyotza, after he left, nechnas lefana Rabbi Eloi, Rabbi Eloi entered in, Amar lo Rabbi, v'alo kvar sisai muvlas b'tchomer sisrom. He said, Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel, this village, Sisai, is encompassed within the borders of the land of Israel. Vikrovel Tzipari, Yosem Akko, and it's closer to Tzipari than Akko. Bitnan, and we have a Mishnah. Rabbi Meir Omer, Akko kerets Yisrael Gitin. Rabbi Meir said, Akko is like the land of Israel. For the purposes of Gitin, we saw Anam and Aleph. And even the Rabbana, who have a more limited scope of the land of Israel, only argue about Akko. Is Akko included in Israel, or is Akko included in Chotzaretz, further to the north? Akko is further away. Kfarsisai is closer to Tzipari. It's more to the, to the inland of the borders of Israel. So... What, what, why are you saying it's necessary? It should be like the same laws that apply to the land of Israel. Amalo, shtok v'ni shtok. Rishmo said, silence, my son, silence. Hov Since the matter has gone forth in a manner that is lenient, it has gone forth. Ha, you nami. Shalosh yizakli edim kama. So I don't understand the Gemara's validating the story. Rabbi Shmuel himself gave the rationale for requiring this person coming from from Kfar Sisoy to say B'fani Nechta B'fani Nechta and the whole reason is because there's a concern So what's the what was the uh, Masumatan over here. What's what's the back and forth? Amalei lo siyumakame. Lo siyumakame. It was not concluded before him, meaning he just heard that it was required, but he didn't hear why. And therefore, he was surprised that it was necessary because in general, the land of Israel does not require the messenger to say, but here, when Rabbi Shmuel said exactly why, so that that should have precluded further questioning, but he just hadn't heard it. Sholach lei, Rabbi Evyosar, Rav Chista. Rabbi Evyosar said to, sent a letter to Rav Chista, Gitanabon Misham, Lakan, bills of divorce coming from there to here. Ein tzarach lo, it is not necessary. There's no need for the messenger to say it was written and signed before me. Rashi says, Misham Lakan, Misham Lakan, Mibavel Yisrael, from Babylonia to the land of Israel. Lemo Kasar Lafisha in Bikin suggests that it's because there's a, a lack of scholarship. And since in Babylonia they were Torah centers, so that's not a concern. 
That's why there's no need to require the messenger to ver- validate that the star, the get was written lishma for her sake, for this particular woman to be divorced. It's Israel, as we've said before multiple times. Let's evaluate this. Vaha Rabba is the Rava. Rabba agrees with Rava. Everybody agrees that there is a necessity for Kiyom. And since there are many, they come up and go. So you have plenty of witnesses available to validate the bill of divorce. And that's why he said that Gitin, a bill of divorce that comes from Babylonia to the land of Israel, do not have the stringency. Omer of Yosef, man lemelon, there be of Yosar, by Samchu. Rav Yosef says, who will tell us that Rabbi of Yosar is somebody that can be relied upon? Rashi says, Roy Lismochalov. Pretty shocking. If you look at his name, it says Rabbi of Yosar. He sounds like he's pretty chashav. So why is Rav Yosef saying, Mechtesi, who's this guy? Pretty surprising. The ode, and further, Rav Yehuda himself sent to Rav Yehuda in a disparaging manner. People that come and ascend from there to here, from Babylonia to the land of Israel. And came of Asman, they fulfilled by themselves a sharp rebuke from the Pasuk in Yoel. Rashi, what was this rebuke? They would hang out, spend a lot of time in the land of Israel. And they'd leave their wives stranded in Babylonia. And not be raising families. By them, they treated children as not significant. It was relatively light in their eyes. And therefore, they were busy spending time in the land of Israel, not with their families in Babylonia. Let's see Israel, Since they were spending a lot of time in the land of Israel, their sons and daughters, who had a need to eat, became indentured in order to raise funds because their fathers were busy learning in the land of Israel. So the children had to go in, in, into uh, child labor. That's the fulfillment of this verse. It's a scourging rebuke that they, they were not careful to sustain their families. The Jerusalem Talmud brings a Misa story that happened. There was a certain fellow that sold his daughter to become Amma, a maidservant, indentured, in order to learn Torah. And then, with the funds that he raised, he went and learned, got himself tuition to Yeshiva. How? By selling his daughter. We see that this sharp rebuke 
offered by Rabbi Yasser, quotes this verse, did not hold of that cultural approach to be willing to, to treat the family so lightly, as Rashi said, Antosus, to one degree or another, even though there's a lofty goal of Lilman Tahira, he wants to learn Torah, but still, the idea of selling his daughter to raise funds to do so is, is not acceptable. If we take just a look for a moment at the Ramban, when speaking about the Amavriya, granted, Amavriya is only relevant at the time when we have a Yovel, but in theory, he could raise funds by setting up a multi-year contract. It's not technically Amavriya, this Jewish maidservant that works for six years. Conceptually, even when you have a full-fledged Amavriya, the Ramam writes in Helkosavadim Pergdala Lachabes, Eina Avrashai Limkar's Vito, the father is not permitted to sell his daughter, Ella Imkain Hani, unless he became impoverished, Belonishalaklum, and he literally doesn't have anything. Lokarka, no real property. Blumenthalten, no movable assets. Afilukusushala, he does not have the shirt on his back. Afal Peking, and nonetheless, even though the guy does not have a shirt on his back, now we say, Okay, now it's permitted for you to sell your daughter to raise funds to take care of yourself a little bit in these extremely dire straits. Nonetheless, still the father is forced, required, to redeem her, to buy her back after he has sold her. This is a terrible blight to the family. If the father ran away, deadbeat, or he died, or dead, or he didn't have the wherewithal to redeem her, then she's got to work as an indentured servant, until she goes free, after six years, so six to twelve, she'll have a special basmissal party, go free, no longer have to work. But it's extremely bedieved. Even when it's permitted, and the guy doesn't have a shirt on his back, he is still forced to buy her back, his daughter, as soon as he has any funding to do so, so clearly, to learn Torah is, although a lofty goal, is not where a person would be entitled to sell off his daughter. That l'chera is implicit in the verse, they sold their daughter, this, this young woman, for uh, the girl, for wine, and they drank. Meaning, yain over here is a marshal for Torah. Right, the, the wine, the beautiful thing, wants to learn more Torah. Yain is a kinui for, for sod. Fine, he has very great interest, a great bikush. He wants to learn Torah, beautiful thing, but he cannot sell his daughter to go do that. So it's, it's a sharp rebuke from Yoel. Through Yoel, from Kadesh Baruch Hu, Yoel is the one who brings this message. So, Rabbi Yosef said, Rabbi Yosef said that the Babylonian culture is also guilty of this same lack of a appropriate yachas to mishpacha, to the responsibility of taking care of their family, their wives and children, when they leave Babylonia 
and leaves their fi families stranded to go and learn in, in the land of Israel. Okay, continuing the Gemara. Because of lay below Sirtut. And what was Rabbi Yasser's big crime? Why are we saying, is he really by Samchas? Can you rely on this rabbi? Can I realize this? He did not write this verse with Sirtut. He did not score the parchment when he wrote this verse. And Rabbi Yitzchak said, if somebody is writing a verse, two words they may, do, they may write without scoring, but three requires scoring. You have to put a, a, make an indentation to scratch into the parchment a line across. We have another version. Three may be written, three words, but four not without Sirtut. But just because he wasn't aware of this teaching of Rabbi Yitzchak, does that make him not a great man? Okay, so he didn't learn this halacha. Say, give the guy a break. See, that, that already, you have to pass the guy, say that he's not a great person. It goes well. If you say the guy doesn't know how to think properly, the guy doesn't have a good svara. He's got a krumakop. Okay, so he's not a gavarabo. He's not a great person. He's krum. He's crooked. But this case over here, gemarahi, gemara lo It's a teaching. It's a tradition, and he just didn't learn it. So it doesn't passle him as being gavarabo. He is a gavarabo, but he just did not have possession of this teaching over biyitzchok. The ode and further, ha rabbi biyosar who. Rabbi Yosar, questioning, Rabbi Yosef, questioning how great he was. His master agreed to him. His master, the Boreal, Kadosh Baruch Hu. Let's see, Rashi. This Gemari al Yode, Legalus Losot, to reveal to him this secret. To correctly discern. The matters that were hidden in a true way. So this Rabbi Yosar is Taka Gavarabu, he's a great person. It's a, fulfilled by him. Sodashamli Reav basically doesn't use that phraseology, but the same idea. So don't knock Rabbi Yosar. How do we know that? Where do we find that he was able to be revealed to him this secret? Something that was sawsome, something that was closed over. Tersib, as is written in the terrible tragedy of Pilagafriya, give up. That is now love, Pilagsho. And his Pilagesh, the concubine of this fellow from Shevet Levi, strayed from him. Rabbi Yosser Omar, Zvuv Matsala, where was there a fight that led her to run away from him? Rashi says, "Tisna love pilagsho, bepilagish begivaksiv. Tisna sarhala zvuv matzala." There was that this the husband of this pilagish, the of the concubine, found a fly. Rabbi Yonason Omar nima matzala. Rabbi Yonason he found a hair. Ashkech Rabbi Yosar leilio. So there's a debate. What was at the root of their bickering? that led to the breakdown of the family relationship between this 
man from Levi and his Pelegish wife, his concubine. So there's a debate. Was it a hare? Were they fighting about a, a fly? So Rabbi Yosser found Elionovi. It's also a pretty strong raya itself, but he's Gavar Rabbo. Great person. And he said, What is the Holy One blessed be he doing? He's going through the sugya of Pilegish Begiva. What else will Kashbarko be doing? Umay Kama. And what is he saying? Ah, ah, that's exactly what Rabbi Yonasan and I are debating. So what does the Bari Elam himself say? Amar Lei, Eliyahu Navi said, Ev Yasser B'ni Kachu Omer. My son of Yasser says as follows. Yonasan B'ni Kachu Omer. And my son Yonasan, this is what he says. Amar Lei Chas Hashom. So Rabbi Yasser, he knows how to talk tough. He has sharp scathing words for the Bnei Terah in Babylonia. And now he has scathing words for Eliyahu Navi. He says, oh, that's what's going on. Chas Hashom. God forbid is there any doubt before God? Amalei says, no, calm down. These and these are the words of the living God. Really, he found a fly and he was willing to forego that. But he found a hair and then he blew up. So you think there's only one fight? They had multiple fights. Don't worry about it. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Zvuv Bika'ara, Nimu What were they fighting about? That there was a fly found in the dish, the serving dish, and a hare Ba'osamakom that was endangering him potentially, that uh, the hare could cause him problems. Zvuv Misusa, the fly was just gross. So he's willing to forgo, forgive that. And the hair was endangering him, so therefore he blew up, and that was the beginning of the end. Alternatively, both the fights about the fly and the hair were by the, the food, by the dish. And by the fly... She didn't have a choice. The fly flew into the dish. So he was willing to be more calm and didn't blow up on her about that. But when he found a hair in the dish, what's going on? How could you serve me a dish that has a hair in it? And that's obviously negligence. And therefore, that was the, the fight that, that broke them apart and led to this terrible tragedy of Pilegish Begiva, the civil war and the Jewish people. Amar Rav Chista, the Olam al Yatil Adam Ema Yisheir B'Sach Beisam. Rav Chista said, perpetually, eternally, a man should not place undue fear in his house. Don't be overbearing, as the head of a household. Shahrei Pilegish Begiva Hitel Le Baila Ema Yisheira. This fellow, relating to his wife, the concubine in Giva, was overbearing, and perhaps there was a degree of pshia on her part, not saying that she was the most conscientious, careful woman ever, but nonetheless, his stance led to this tragedy. And tens of thousands of Jews were felt and died as a consequence of this 
seemingly uh, minor personal failing, it had terrible consequences for the Jewish people. said the name of Rav, anybody who is overbearing places undue fear on his household. It in the end leads to three severe sins. Leads to Gilirais and Shvichas Domim and Chil Shabbos leads to illicit relationships and the spilling of blood, murder, and the desecration of Shabbos. Rashi explains Gilirais she gives man filosa beis tzino vehi yirei loma lo tevaldi shem shosanido. She's going to be afraid to say that she's not Tahara. And because she's terrified of him, so therefore it's a consequence of him being matzal ema yaseira could lead to gilirais. Shvichas damim kihocha. Like over here, kipamim shaburachas barav. Menofeles b'achas b'chosim obegesher. In her terror she'll run away and she can actually die. In, in her flight. Bechil Shabbos, pamish madlekes ne'er, sometimes she'll light a candle, ome b'shelas mishachashecha, or cook from when it already got dark, imneim also, because she's so afraid of her husband. He didn't know. He never wanted to cook on Shabbos or light a candle on Shabbos, but she's so afraid, what's he going to do? He's going to come home from Shul and say, well, what's going on over here? So she'll be nichshul in chil Shabbos. So be careful. Don't be overbearing as the head of a household. Omar Rabba Barbachano, Hod Amr Abanon. This comports with that which was said by the rabbis. Shloshad Varan Sarch Adam Lomer Sarch Beso Er Shabbos. Three things a person needs to say within his house on Friday afternoon. Imchashecha before it gets dark. Isaratem Raptem Hidlikosaner. Did you set aside the tides to make sure the food is available for Shabbos? Did you prepare the Eruv? Also, Eruv Echatzeros, Rashi says, for preparing the, the ability that they shouldn't be restricted on Shabbos in, in terms of the ability to go from Chatzor to Chatzor to carry things. And Hidli Kosaner, did you light the candle? Sarach, Lemino, Benichlusa. All these things need to be said in a soft manner. Benichlusa. In order that they be received in order that members of the household receive it from him. Amar of Ashi, Analo Shemili. I did not hear. Rav Ashi said, I did not hear. Ha de Rabbi Barbachana. This teaching of Rabbi Barbachana. Vikayamti Misvara. And I fulfilled it on my own. Barashikivanti. On my own, I thought that was an appropriate thing. That although the role of the husband, the father, head of the household, is to manage the household, make sure that things that need to happen, happen. But nonetheless, it has to be benichusa, is to be mindful, to not be overbearing. There, there are risks and dangers involved to run the household any other way. Amar Rabbi Olam Olam Rabbi Vo also said, always a person should not place undue fear in his household. 
There was a tragedy, a case, well, at least closely, uh, a close call, shall we say, of a person who was overbearing in his household. And they fed him a big thing. Not a Big Mac, but somewhat similar. What's Dava Gadol? Umanu. Who was the guy? First question. Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel. Very harsh of a guy. Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel. What? They actually fed him a big thing, something that was awesome. Okay, maybe he has a problem. He's overbearing, but he's a tzaddik. Did you notice? Rebbe, Hanina ben Gamliel. And Akash Baruch Hu doesn't even bring any type of takala, even the, through the. the the behemtem shaltikim, the animals of the righteous, ayodam, sadikim atzim lekolshkein, and the righteous themselves, all the more so. So God would not allow such thing to happen that Rabbi Chanina ben Gamliel should actually eat a Big Mac or, or some great thing. What is this big thing? Ella big shalal Rather, they sought to feed him a big thing. Umayni, what is it? Evenachai. They sought to feed him evenachai. Which is very awesome. And they were afraid of him. They're terrified. Let's see Rashi. Shenevadmehem Evim Nashkuta. They had kosher meat, but it got lost. Ne emoso chotchavodov evimechai. Because they were so afraid of him, his servants cut off a limb from a living animal. They view Tahtov Shilyovim. And they brought it as a replacement for the limb that was lost. And there, he had a limb that was kosher. They didn't want to have a whole carcass here. They're, they're looking for just a replacement that the guy shouldn't blow up on them. So they cut off a limb from a living animal. They wanted to feed that to him. This Dover Godol, the Eber Menachai, the limb torn from a living animal, which is very prohibited. And they wanted to feed that to him. Of course, obviously, as Gemara says, he didn't end up eating it, but it was a close call. It was very dangerous. So this uh, story illustrates the importance of not being matal emayseira, so a person should not be overbearing. The imperative we saw back on the bottom of Amabez that the head of the household has to look out for the fulfillment of these three things. Right before nightfall, so the Raman brings down in Hilchah Shabbos, Perk Hey, Halacha Gimel. Hamadlik Torch Lahadlik Mibod Yom. The one who's lighting needs to do so while it is still day. Kodem Shkias Achama before sunset. The Noshim Mitzuvos Al Dovazay Yosem Mino Anoshim. In this mitzvah, women have the primary role, and they are more commanded on this than men. Lefish Hey Mitzuvos Beisam, because they are found in the homes. The Hein Haoskos Melachas Beabayis. They are the ones. Their business are taking care of the, is the needs of the house. So that's the role of the woman. Nonetheless, it is still the man's responsibility to make sure they are doing the job. To check them, make sure that it's happening. To tell the people of his household on Friday afternoon, before it's too late, he looks in there. Is the candle ready? You lit the candles. Savak Hashekha Nichnas Shabbis, Savak Lo Nichnas, Ema Likin. 
And once it's already unclear if it's already too late, so then don't light. But the primary mitzvah is on the, the woman, and the man has a role, a secondary role, to make sure it happens. But how is it meant to happen? As we see in our Gemara, it has to be b'nichusa, done in a soft way. The, the chiv of, of the, the man is a, is, is a chiv. L'cher, the mashmos, the ramam. It is a chiv, not just in general, but it, it is, meaning as the head of the household, but specifically for the mitzvah of Lakasneris. His, his role is secondary, meaning his chalik of Hadlakas Neiris, how he fulfills his mitzvah, is in a secondary role to make sure it happens. But, but the, the primary mitzvah is, the primary responsibility is the woman's responsibility, and he has a, a secondary role. How is he meant to fulfill that? And he's misyaches to his chiv in Hadlakas Neiris. As the Gemara says, it has to be b'ni chusa. Must be done in a soft way. The Ramam doesn't mention it here per se. He does mention the importance in a general sense, meaning the the general requirement of how he relate to his household and his wife in particular. The Ramam says in Hilchos Ishus, Perek Tezvav Alocha Yudtes Chayin Tzibul Chachamim Sheyeh Adam Mechabed Es Ishto Yos Megufo VeOva Kegufo, and similarly. Our sages commanded that a man honor his wife more than his own body and love her as his own body. And if he has a lot of wealth, he should increase in finding her goodness with that wealth in accordance with what he has. And here we have the admonition, the warning, do not be overbearing. Do not place undue fear upon her. And his words with her should be in a soft manner. And he should not be in sadness, his mood should not be sad, nor in anger. Don't be sad or angry. Those are negative midas, generally speaking, on their own. These are two things he should avoid in any event. The Ramam is putting it over here to say, that these midos are not just his problem, that they will be negatively influencing his wife. His yachas to her requires that he not be sad or angry. This will be a negative consequence to his wife. So he shouldn't just be thinking that these midos are, are his issue. No, it's her issue. He, in his responsibility towards her, he has to make sure that he's not sad or angry towards her. It's, uh, it's part of how he has to be misyachas to her, not just his personal working on his midas. It's part of this tibu chafamim. Al-Kopanim, we find that in his mitzvah of the, the secondary role in Hadlakas Neiris, so he, he has to make sure it happens. It's really the, the woman's mitzvah. He has a secondary mitzvah. Interesting, the Raman doesn't mention the other aspects, just the Hadlakas Neir. But the, the way he must do it is like he must do everything when he speaks to them is in a soft manner.